listening to SBS on the Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. It is your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Wednesday, the 5th of July, 2023. Later on Market Day, we'll speak with Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets to find out what is on investors' minds at the moment. But first, to rents and the team at Proc Prop Track says that quarterly national rents rose 2%, but over the year, rental prices are up 11.8%. Of the capitals, Perth saw the biggest increase by percentage change over the year, up 15.6%, followed by Brisbane, 14.9%, and then Sydney, 13.8%. What can be done about it? Here is Farah Farouk from the Tenants Victoria Group. So we have a very challenging situation around the renting crisis and there's a complexity about how we respond to the renting crisis because there's a role for the federal government um, and we have a role and, and but but really rent regulation is a matter for the states and territories so we have a patchwork of laws and they're not unified laws so you know there are different controls or regulations but for example here in Victoria um, we, we we govern the frequency of rents but we we don't have any rules around the amount of rent. Uh, so the ACT is the only place where there is uh, an attempt at rent regulation of the amount of rent. There's um, a sort of a ceiling on how much rents can be increased by and they use CPI plus 10% um, to the ACT um, you know, context. Um, and so that that is move, you know that is one example here in Victoria we're calling for a fairness formula for rent increases we believe uh, that there should be some attempt at um, you know gi- giving greater certainty to renters so a fairness formula would be an agreed calculation by which um, rent could be increased by and because otherwise rents are wildly fluctuating at tenants Victoria we've seen rents increase from thirty dollars a week to over $500 a week for one share house and that share house had to break up. They couldn't wear that increase. So, you know, the issue of rent increases is a big challenge. Uh, but of course, there's no one silver, silver bullet solution to the rent crisis. This is long in the making and the pandemic has also been a factor. It's really important, obviously, that we address the issue of supply. So we need, uh, you know, rental housing, uh, both in the social housing area, so that's public housing and community-owned housing with not-for-profit landlords, so, and also affordable housing and more private rentals. But those, though, that new supply isn't going to come on overnight. So that's why we need a range of solutions and um, another idea that we need to address is a better regulation of short-stay accommodation like Airbnb because in some areas that's eating into the um, uh, the permanent rental market. That's uh, Farah Farouk there from Tenants Victoria and remember if you feel a rent rise is unreasonable you can first try to negotiate with your landlord. After that you can approach your relevant tribunal, commissioner or local court in your state or territory. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market fell today. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.4%, 7,253 banks and energy stocks leading the declines. For more, I spoke with Carl Kapalinga from Think Markets. 
Well, US markets were closed overnight for their Independence Day holiday, so none, none of the usual bullish drivers we've had from there of late. It was really all about Asia and all about Asia's uh, underperformance or weakness today. We did see many of those um, Chinese mainland bourses down. We saw the Hang Seng down, uh, Taiwan, Japan all lower. Reasons for that, possibly due to some weaker than expected manufacturing uh, PMI data in Europe and the US last night, actually showing both of those respective sectors sharply in contraction and uh, still that way for the better part of a year. Um, so we did see, obviously, uh, China, which relies on many of those overseas economies to help drive its growth uh, down locally. Uh, you would expect then energy um, material stocks were lower, but it really did spread across the board. So we saw falls also in consumer stocks and banking stocks. If there were a couple of bright spots that were few and far between, property was up ever so slightly. We did see property stocks rise in Europe. Uh, utilities were high, mainly on one stock, AGL. That was up strongly today. And I want to say telecommunications. Again, a single stock gain there helping that index. Telstra upgraded at UBS uh, to a buy, and they also increased their price target from 460 to 475. Um, yesterday, we saw the Reserve Bank leave official interest rates on hold at 4.1%, although the consensus, I think, is that we still will see higher interest rates in Australia. So to what extent is both interest rates and inflation still on the minds of investors? Overnight, we heard from the OECD. It said that the average inflation rate across its 38 member countries fell from 7.4% to 6.5%, that's the lowest since December 2021, but it's still high, isn't it? Yes, it is high, but look, a, a, a very um, encouraging fall. And as you mentioned, 38 countries there. So we've got a really widespread anything from uh, 20 plus percent per annum in Turkey down to uh, closer to four and a half percent in your G7 countries. I think that's probably where we should be looking more to. And if we look at sort of the May reading, that uh, 4.6%, I think it was, was down from 5.4%. So um, inflation increasingly coming under control, or as we are calling it, this disinflationary process continues. Central banks certainly have done plenty of heavy lifting, if you pardon the pun, over the last 12 months. But look, as uh, we're seeing supply chains just uh, starting to recover, um, labour market starting to cool a little bit and some of those cost of living pressures coming, we are seeing um, a, pull, a continued pullback in inflation. I think it's encouraged. I think really um, we're still in that sort of uh, phase where we're not sure, but if you, I think even six months, certainly 12 months from now, we're going to have a really great handle on whether inflation is sticky or it has uh, moved back down to that long-term 2% range. And of course, that's where central banks really want to see it. Can we talk about China for a few moments? Uh, Chinese services data are also missing expectations today. How are you viewing China and its recovery at the moment? Because the central bank has been cutting key interest rates over the past few weeks to provide some stimulus. Yeah, uh, look, a, a modest miss today. Uh, I think we got 53.6 on that services PMI, and that was below expectations by about three points. That's still expansion, though, in that sector. So any reading over 50 still indicating expansion there. Uh, but it is off its highs from early in the year post that reopening. Um, we actually saw some better than expected manufacturing data in China early in the week. So it is a bit of a mixed bag for China at the moment. As you say, uh, Beijing starting to tinker around the edges with some of those uh, interest rates. But we haven't seen any of those sort of big ticket items yet in terms of stimulus, those ones that might stimulate uh, the property sector, both in terms of 
alleviating some of the um, the debt issues uh, at the at the developer level, but more importantly, stimulating uh, demand at the consumer level. And until we see those, and and if we see those. Um, I think there might be some downside risk, unfortunately, for investors who probably have put the cart a little bit before the horse and um, factored in uh, more than we might uh, get, unfortunately. So we've seen commodity prices uh, rise over recent weeks. We've seen some of those materials, uh, stocks locally recover. But um, yeah, the the proof is uh, not yet in the pudding so far. And finally, um, given the environment we're in at the moment, where do you see the opportunities for investors? Yeah, well, that's a good segue from the last question. Is and I think there's just too much uncertainty with respect to China at the moment to be getting back into the resources sector. I mean, we're very much an old world sort of market here in Australia with that huge reliance on resources and banks and uh, really CSL in healthcare. I think um, one of the uh, markets which has really surprised me in a good way this year has been that uh, US market, largely driven by their big technology shares. If you look at um, how the S&P 500 on a total return basis has performed, uh, we're talking about seven and a half percent compared to the ASX's five percent. I think that's where you want to look. I think that's where the growth is. Um, that's where you can get exposure to some of those technology names. Look, if you are stuck here in Australia, we do have some companies that are exposed to that US economy. So uh, James Hardy uh, comes to mind. Uh, a company like uh, Block, of, of course, which is a dual listing over here, is one that's very interesting and potentially even uh, Breville could be interesting here if the US consumer does withstand uh, much of uh, the, uh, the carnage there from higher interest rates. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decision. Yeah.